Hi, I'm Jeff Hampton, and welcome to the Legacy Builders Podcast. I have helped hundreds of investors protect their assets and maximize cash flow in order to help them create a path to generational wealth. Too often, hardworking high performers find that the structure of their investments not only cause liability, but also create tax issues. And it is my job as a lawyer to ensure that it is never the case. Each week, I will provide the tools, the tips, and the strategies to create maximum wealth in real estate and other investments, as well as interview some of the most successful people that have created their own path to legacy wealth. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Legacy Builders Podcast. Jeff Hampton here, your host, and I want to talk to you today about asset protection. What is asset protection? Do you really need it? Does it matter? Listen, on this podcast, we're spending our time, the whole focus is building a legacy. And part of that is absolutely creating wealth and you want to change your life, the life of your family and for generations to come. But part of doing that is you have to learn how to protect your wealth. And that brings up the concept of asset protection. And there's so many misconceptions about what it is. So we're going to go very basic, high level, just kind of 30,000 feet up looking down. And let's identify why asset protection matters at all as you work very hard to build wealth for you and your family. So one of the first things we're going to do is discuss what is asset protection. Asset protection, generally speaking, it's a set of legal strategies, entities, um, financial uh, strategies that you can use in order to protect your wealth from potential threats. We're going to identify what some of those threats are. And you know what some of them are already, but some of them, most people, you know, don't see this coming when it takes place. No one expects to get sued. They don't expect a lawsuit to hit them. They don't expect an economic downturn or difficulties to come their way. So the primary goal of asset protection, when you discuss this, it's important to understand you want to shield your business assets from your personal assets. Okay, as you use business structures and entities and strategies to build wealth, that obviously helps create generational wealth for your family. But if something happens in your business, you want to shield your personal assets and your family, everything that you've worked so hard for, for your family's sake, you want to shield that from a creditor or an attorney that may try to come after you. Now, let's talk about lawsuit protection for a minute. In the United States, it is the most litigious society society in the country. I mean, we I mean in the world, we know this to be the case. The United States has more lawsuits per capita than anywhere, and you can get sued for anything. It's that old infamous, you know, that lawsuit where the hot coffee spilled in that on that person at McDonald's and they got that million, you know, multi-million dollar settlement. So, and look, my part of my background is worked as a personal injury attorney has have brought lawsuits against others and and I want you to understand people get sued for almost anything nowadays. It's not it's not difficult to get sued, particularly if you're making a difference in your community and you've got a successful business. So, with that being said, we also know that if for some reason that lawsuit were to turn sour and you were to lose that lawsuit, the Financial consequences of what could happen would be tremendous if you if somehow those that uh, that unscrupulous attorney was able to get to your personal assets. So we want to shield those assets. Here's what it is in general: when you start talking about asset protection, you want to be able to separate the ownership of what you have from the control of those assets. Truly wealthy people own almost nothing. They literally have almost nothing in their name. It's completely protected from the standpoint, and we'll talk about privacy and anonymity here in just a minute, but people don't really, no one can see in public record that they own anything, and they technically don't. 
because they can control every asset that they have, but they technically do not own it. It's this shield, this liability protection shield between the asset's control and the ownership of that asset. So very important to understand that. And this, you want to reduce the risk. Some people tell me, Jeff, is there anything that's a hundred percent protective every time. And there's so many different strategies we'll talk about on this podcast, but I mean, no, nothing is a hundred percent effective all the time, no matter what, because part of the reason why is laws changed, change, change over time. You get different administrations who come in and they, they make, they make adjustments to how things are enforced. But I do think it's important to understand you must have a strategy to be able to separate those assets from your, your personal assets, from your business assets. And if you own a business, this is a big deal too. I mean, at a very basic level, whether depending on how you're going to do this, you need to have your business either in an LLC, you need to either have it in a corporate structure, something that where as you begin to make money, you don't want everything to be under your account. I mean, that that puts you at the highest risk possible. If something goes wrong, you get an upset person, uh, a, a customer that comes back against you, you're now completely vulnerable. So you want to be able to separate that activity there. And then quite frankly, listen, asset protection is important because you want to protect your you want to protect your wealth for your heirs. And if you do it the right way, there's so many ways that you can avoid some of the tax comp- uh, consequences and complications that come about because of the way the Internal Revenue Code is set up. Um, and so I want to talk about two main features of this, though, okay? Two primary features that I'm going to dive into just at a high level. One is privacy. The hallmark of any good asset protection strategy is you want to completely be private and anonymous, if at all possible, for public record searches. So when people, and look, I can tell you, I know how attorneys do this, they are profiling their target. If they're, if you have, let's say you own rental properties or you have a business and someone is injured or there's some serious issue that comes up that could create, that has maybe created damages or the appearance of damages that could sustain a lawsuit, the number one thing that attorney is going to do is going, he is going to, he or she is going to immediately profile you. Who are you? How much money do you have? What assets does it appear that you own? Do you appear to be a target rich environment for them if they're going to bring that lawsuit? The less they can see, the less excited they are about bringing a lawsuit against you. And let me tell you why. Personally, inju- personal injury attorneys get paid on what we call a contingency fee basis. That means they only get paid uh, a percentage of the recovery if there is a recovery. And a big part of what attorneys will do is they are going to profile to see, is this person, does this person have enough net worth that I think I'm going to be able to get something from them? If not, and if you set up your asset protection strategies the right way, good asset protection always incentivizes a lawyer to go down to good insurance. So... Um, We're also going to have an episode where we dive deep into the insurance piece and we discuss that in depth so you understand some of the misconceptions associated with that. But you really need both. You need good asset protection and you need good insurance. Um, So that privacy, why does that matter? Well, that confidentiality there, um, you want to be able to, there may be holding companies, there may be LLCs, there may be trusts that are in some other name, but they're not going to be listed in your name. And it's not going to be set up where someone's going to know you're associated with it at all. That's the hallmark of good asset protection. But the second uh, concept I want to discuss for a few minutes is known as charging order protection. Now, one of the best examples for this is we talk about maybe rental properties. And you know, when we dig into this further, many, many um, empire builders out there, people who are creating generational wealth, they make it overwhelmingly through real estate. 
And you look at you look at some of, even some of the big businesses that are out there. One many times, what they'll do is they'll buy their business locations and they'll actually build their locations. I look at McDonald's, you know, one of the biggest owners of real estate out there because they own the locations of where they're at. They may franchise and do those type of things with the operators that are out there. But if you own real estate, you're going to have significant net worth and and you're going to be built be building generational wealth. Here's the problem: when you own an asset like that, a tangible property asset, you have to be careful because certain states, and remember this, every state has, every state in the country has different laws in terms of how their asset protection would work. So just opening up an LLC anywhere you want to um, doesn't necessarily mean it's providing you any protection. And we'll dive deeper into that as well when we start talking about rental properties and LLCs. But let's, let's talk about that for just a minute when it comes to this. When we, when we start considering the idea of, let's say, hypothetically, you decide that you're in uh, Tennessee. Maybe you're in Tennessee and you decide that you're going to uh, buy your first long-term rental or short-term rental, right? You purchase it, you've got it, you even put it in an LLC. Well, what takes place if you get sued? What if somebody gets injured injured at that property? Well, what will happen is the attorney is going to go to that secretary of state at the in Tennessee and look to see who the member is on that LLC. If it's you, they're going to sue you individually and they're going to sue the LLC. Why? Because if they can show that maybe you didn't follow corporate formalities or you ever commingled personal and business funds or many other ways that you can pierce the veil of an LLC, now every member can be individually liable for the actions of that LLC. Okay. Now, what if you lose though? Here's what's key. If you lose the lawsuit and you're just in an LLC and you don't have more of a comprehensive asset protection structure, now that attorney can get what's called a charging order. And a charging order is basically going to the judge and saying, judge, look, I won this lawsuit. I have a right to be able to force a sale of this property because I want to get paid. And my client deserves to get paid. And in many states, there is no charging order protection, and the judge can actually grant that. You can actually force a sale of that property in order to exercise the judgment. And so what you would rather have is charging order protection. If you either, now there are some states, there are some select states that do have charging order protection with their LLCs for the properties located in those states, Um, but most states don't. And you end up having to use what's called a holding company strategy, where if you selectively choose the right state's LLC or limited partnership holding company, now you can get charging order protection. What that means is, in, in our example in Tennessee, let's say you lost the lawsuit, but let's say you have a Wyoming LLC that is the owner, single member owner of holding company of that uh, Tennessee property in the Tennessee LLC, now they can't make you sell. Okay. Think about this. You can keep op- keep operating your property. You can continue to basically pay all of your expenses. The one thing you cannot do is you cannot take a distribution. And the reason why that's important is because if you take a distribution, they can actually um, they can put a lien against that. That that's a basis for them to be able to go after that. But why does this matter? Many people say I still lost the lawsuit. It matters because the attorney does not get paid by bringing the lawsuit against you and that LLC and that holding company if they can't make you sell. So if they can't make you sell, what does that do? It makes you very unattractive. It makes that attorney go, oh man, I got to take on all the expenses 
of the litigation. I got to pay for all the court expenses, all of the discovery process, everything. And if I can't get them, if I cannot make them sell, then I don't, not only do I not get reimbursed, but I don't make any money and I can't make, my client doesn't get paid. My client's going to get upset. So now it makes you a very unattractive target. And remember what I said earlier, good asset protection always pushes uh, lawyers down to good insurance. And so in that situation, it helps provide you that charging order protection helps make you a very unattractive target. And this is an example of how asset protection is so critical. And that's just one example when we talk about um, liability protection in a lawsuit. If someone gets injured or you know someone has ex- some serious damages as a result of something maybe you have done. Now, uh, listen, people say, why is that though? Well, because every person, every business owner, every you know property owner, they have a duty of care to someone that they're offering business services to, right? And so if you did not act as a reasonable person and provide that duty of care for them and you were negligent as it's, re- as it's uh, referred to under the law, then you can be liable for those damages, okay? And that's why asset protection separates what you have personally from your business assets and you can really diversify your risk and minimize what you're required to pay even in very terrible situations that might come up. All right. Now, look, I'm not going to get into this too de- in too depth here, but you can also have uh, creditor protections. Sometimes what happens is, generally speaking, you are still going to owe um, any debt you take out. If you have to sign it in your personal name, you personally guarantee it. For the most part, you're still going to have to owe on that debt. Some people tell me, hey, if I, if I uh, took out a mortgage in my personal name, but then I put it in, in an LLC, the property in an LLC, or, um, you know, can I now avoid the mortgage payment? Well, of course not. You personally guaranteed the loan, okay? But other creditor examples can. What if you're a business owner? Maybe you have business debt. You do not want the creditor to be able to come after your personal assets because of a business liability. So using the right type of asset protection structure and uh, strategies can help you avoid that type of liability. Um, I'm going to do a separate um, podcast here, and I'm going to talk about retirement planning. When do you ever, do you ever need asset protection related to IRAs, 401ks, and a very short uh, answer to that is if you have employer sponsored 401ks, they are totally and completely exempt. They're exempt from lawsuits. They're exempt from uh, bankruptcy proceedings. If you have an IRA, whether it's a SEP IRA, whether it's a Roth IRA, you name it, it traditional IRAs, the, there are caps on those. And it's, it's, it's around the 1.5 million range right now. It is adjusted for inflation yearly, uh, but you do have some protection. Those are known as exempt or at least partially exempt assets. So it's important to realize that. Where you have to be careful, though, is if you do a self-directed IRA. And we'll have a, we'll have a separate episode specifically about self-directed IRAs. You put yourself at extreme risk if you start investing in other assets in a self-directed IRA. So, okay, these but look, asset protection strategies can help you avoid these things and you know, when I talk about this as it relates to business risk mitigation as well, really important you know, you know where you need asset protection? You need an asset protection strategy when you have partnerships. Because one of the biggest areas that comes up is what if a partnership goes wrong? You know, what if an unexpected event like a personal, a partner's personal financial difficulties arise? You need to have that structured, whether it's through an LLC, through a corporate structure, all of that needs to have, you need to have the um, rules for that relationship 
outlined in the operating agreement if it's an LLC. Um, you can because if you don't listen, it's the wild west. You talk, you're going right into litigation. You're talking about now becoming literally having to go after as a debt against your own partner. I see this happen all the time in uh, business partnerships if someone has not properly prepared themselves for those sort of things. Another issue is professional practices. I work with a lot of doctors and lawyer uh, doctors, lawyers, I think about CPAs, others who have maybe professional offices that they set up. They need to make sure and set up, you know, a, a separate structure for their business because they could be subject to malpractice claims, particularly doctors. That's the number one concern that most doctors have is they don't want to get sued. They're afraid that something that they have done, um, maybe they didn't even do anything wrong, but some unscrupulous medical malpractice attorney comes in and wants to bring a lawsuit against them. It's critical that asset protection separates their personal assets, their investment assets, and their practice. Right, you want to keep all of those things separate, so that if something bad happens over here at the practice, that that attorney's not able to get to the other assets that are owned individually. Okay, so these are some of the examples. Look, there's so many other things I could get into here. It's also critical when it comes to estate planning and tax planning. Sometimes people think I don't need asset protection; I'll just do insurance, and then they don't even think about the fact that with effective asset protection strategies, it improves not only your tax planning, because you can very much minimize, um, it can help you actually save an, a significant amount of money on your taxes, but it can also help you with your estate planning. One example of this, and I, I'll just tell you this, maybe you don't like paying your accountant for all these K-1 tax filings every time you open up an LLC. If you use the right type of holding company strategy, it can actually significantly simplify your tax filings. You're not going to have to pay your accountant for every new business or every new property venture that you choose to get into or partnership. You can actually simplify that significantly. And when it comes to estate planning, it's critical. There are strategies that are out there that you can not only set this up, uh, set up your asset protection strategies where you can take care of your family through a trust. And we will get into more in depth about trusts. Trusts are so much better in almost every state than a will because they will help you avoid probate court. Many states require probate proceedings. It'll help you avoid a will contest. Um, they can be revocable or irrevocable. There's so many different ways that you can set up a trust to benefit your family. And simultaneously, if you do the trust planning properly, it can also be integrated into the asset protection strategy itself. So not only can you take care of the estate planning piece to take care of your family in the un, you know unlikely event of your demise that that were to take place it you'll know that you'll have the peace of mind for that but you'll also be able to know that if you end up getting sued or some liability event takes place they all work hand in hand and so i don't know about you but part of building a legacy is making sure i want to build this wealth but i want to protect the wealth I want to I want it to be tax efficient and effective so I, that I'm not losing so much of my wealth to government taxes and state taxes and those type of strategies and at the end of the day once the wealth does pass from me to my heirs I want to avoid as much as possible the estate tax and many of the other things that can take place as a result of transferring that wealth so there's so many things that can be done and ultimately real 
look, those that are really obtaining wealth and really building that wealth, they want the peace of mind and knowing of knowing all of this is integrated together. So I want to invite you to open your mind to this concept of asset protection, and you're going to see how it plays a very integral role with insurance. And we're going to talk about that coming up. And then I'm going to dive in very soon. We're going to get into even more depth to discuss about LLCs with rental properties. Do you really need one? And when do you need an LLC? When do you not need an LLC? And how do you protect this wealth as you begin to take it from cash and take it from liquid assets and moving it, moving it into higher risk assets? So, okay, look, I know I gave you a ton of information here today. Thanks for joining us here on Legacy Builders. I look forward to our next episode where we'll dive deeper into insurance and LLCs for properties and different areas like that. So we'll see you on our next episode. Mode.